0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1200 of the Locked Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening into Thursday. And thank you for joining us, as always, making the lot Talk Hawks podcast your first listen each and every day. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our YouTube channel. Again, this is episode 1200, and a great time to thank everybody for listening to the podcast, as always, and subscribing to the show and supporting the show. I really do appreciate it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll already have seen this, but I am on the road. I'm in a hotel, and it's actually quite late. I am dragging Uh, I had a travel disaster, uh, to say the least, on this Wednesday evening into Thursday. So I'm recording this at like 5 a.m. Eastern time. It's been that kind of night, if you can imagine. So my apologies for the late delivery of the show, but uh, please give me some leeway as uh, if I were to stumble over anything on this podcast, it's because I haven't slept really at all. So alas, we'll dive into what became a 116 to 106 loss for the Hawks in Charlotte. Uh, certainly a game that they could have won, and they had a chance in this spot to get above 500 for the first time since December 6th. They had a chance for the four straight win, and it was pretty tight all the way. Honestly, this game was very narrow the entire way, and I'm not, I'm not even sure how else to describe it. It was a single-digit game for the vast majority of the game. but The Hawks were actually tied in this spot with five minutes to go, and they were not able to close it out. The ending was uh, not favorable to say the least on either end of the floor for Atlanta. And that leads to what became a loss in their 35th loss of the season. They're now 12 and 22 on the road in 21, 22 season. So um, as far as the context for this game coming into the game, the Hawks were actually two and one against the Hornets this season with this loss. They're now two and two and they sort of it uh, up the season series in this spot. They're now done with the Hornets until probably the play-in or potentially the play plan. Um, the Hornets actually won two in a row. They actually are a good offensive team. About defensive team. They're kind of a mirror image in some ways of the Hawks. Uh, they're not quite as good as the Hawks are on offense, but they've been better than the Hawks on defense this season by the numbers. Um, injury-wise, the Hawks were without John Collins in this game. Again, his third straight absence. There was the return of Gallinari, who ended up being probable and ended up playing, but he actually left this game and did not return, so we'll come back to him later on. But the Hawks were not 100% healthy in this spot. The Hornets weren't either, though. Gordon Hayward remains out for Charlotte, one of their better players. And the Hawks actually were small underdogs, it was kind of a coin flip in a lot of ways. Uh, our, our friends have been online, made the Hawks uh, one and a half one underdogs in the morning. They were one one point favorites at one point on uh, Thursday afternoon. Sorry, Wednesday afternoon, and then went back to the Hawks plus one tip off. So basically, what, what this game was was a coin flip. I think if you look at the power ratings in Las Vegas, been online, all those places, I think that is worth noting. The Hawks are seen as a better team than the Hornets, and the Hornets had the home court advantage in this game. But without Collins, that's pretty notable. But obviously the Hawks did not cover because they did not win this game outright. As for the game itself, they started Gallinari his return to the his return to action. No surprise there against Charlotte. Starting lineup of PJ Washington at the four. And Mason Plumley together. The Hawks start, started this game out pretty well. It was 8 to 3 at the outset, a couple threes early on from Herder and Hunter. The Hornets did uh, have a 9 0 run early on to uh, take their first lead of the game. And had some frustration timeouts throughout this one after an easy transition bucket in the first quarter. That was one that happened there. The Hornets scored 18 points in about five and a half minutes at the outset, which was similar to what happened at the very end of this game. But the Hawks defensively were kind of a mess at times, uh, especially on transition opportunities, um, just kind of bad matching up. It was, you know, it's obviously pretty dire when you're playing Trey and Dillo Gallinari together on defense. That kind of goes without saying, but there was some other breakdowns as well beyond the usual stuff. The Hawks were not taking very good. I mean, I, I would say they were taking bad shots. They were three of 11 on twos to start this game, but they were four of seven on threes. Um, they actually kind of uh, had a pretty rough shooting night from both Trey and Bogdanovich, but Trey had a nice tra- uh, play transition where he drew two guys, kind of up faked and found a Kongwu for a dunk. That was a pretty nice play that prompted a timeout from the Hornets. I thought a Kongwu had some nice moments in his first stint. A couple of good contests at the rim and also making it up. He actually made his first five shots in this game. I believe, yeah, he was seven of eight in the game. I think he made his first five. The Hawks did lead by seven late in the first quarter before Charlotte hit a three. They they led by four points at the end of the period. They were five nine-on-threes and nine assists in the first quarter. They scored very well despite Trey not having a big night as a scorer in this game. They were actually prolific Early and often, it just didn't necessarily translate to wins. Um, once the, the lot right came in defensively, things, things definitely got better, and that was uh, not a huge surprise. But offensively, the bench did not have it in this game either. So it was kind of a mixed bag throughout um, their minutes. The, the Hornets took their first lead of the game, actually, within about 90 seconds of the second quarter, and it was kind of back and forth from there. akanwu played very well in his first stint. But he also had three fouls in nine minutes, ended up with four fouls in 17 minutes in the game. So he was pretty good, but just obviously foul trouble is still a problem for the young big man at this point in time. The Hawks did have some success in the pick and roll when they were running it with with Capella and Kongwu. That was pretty easy pickings. I guess they bad Charlotte defense. But kind of crazy here, Trey and Bogdanovich missed their first 11 shots combined, and the Hawks were still winning which was a little bit strange, but everybody else was was shooting pretty well. Hunter was five of five centers were 10 of 12 from the floor combined. They tried TLC late in the first half because Bogdanovich had been scuffling and they want to give him a break. Um, TLC was fine. Played 10 minutes. um, Didn't do anything hugely positive, but I thought he was pretty good on Monday. and was okay on Wednesday, but Bogey really struggled, which we'll come back to later on. Um, The Hawks were up by five at the halftime break after a nine Oh run that actually included a three by TLC late in the first half. Gallo missed, um, the rest of the game, actually left the game late in the first half with a right biceps contusion, listed as questionable at that point, but then during halftime, he was ruled out of action and never returned. It could have been a play where he was fouled by Montrezl Harrell because he seemed like he was pretty much wincing in pain after that one, but we're all guessing at this point. We'll see if he can play on Friday, but obviously a loss did not have him the second half of this game. But offensively, no problems in the first half. They had a 129 offensive rating, even with Bogey again and Trey sitting at 011 combined from the floor. The Hawks shot the ball well from three. Otherwise, they were 10 of 18 from three at that point. Um, nine out of the line at 19 assists in the first half. Capella had a double-double before halftime, 15 and 11. So lots of uh, prolific stuff on offense. Unfortunately, the defense was not very good in this game. So defensively, they had a 117 defensive rating against the Hornets. That's not terrible against Charlotte in particular because they're pretty good on offense. But the Hawks um, were victimized by 19 assists by the Hornets in the first half, 50% shooting, and uh, it got pretty ugly at times. Uh, before we get to the second half, in this one, and much more, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. Today's a good example of my schedule being pretty crazy and I use Athletic Greens because I actually wanted to be healthier, have more energy, and I really wanted to see what all the hype is about with athletic, athletic Greens. And I've been on it for a while. AG1 is fantastic and I absolutely love it. It's not really typical in that it's super healthy, but it doesn't really taste like that. I really look forward to taking it actually every single morning. And the first thing I have when I wake up is AG1, which is one delicious scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day on the right note. And they have a special blend of ingredients that support your nervous system, your immune system, your gut health, your energy, and gives you the ability to focus and recover. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. And really, it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, and AG1 also helps support your better sleep quality and recovery, as well as mental clarity and alertness. Leather Greens has 7,000 or more five-star reviews at this point in time and recommended by professional athletes all all over the place. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially if we head heading into the flu and the cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your health. Make it easy on you as well. Athletic Greens giving you a free one-year supply of your immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase of Athletic Greens. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash network. That's athleticgreens.com slash network. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we'll dive in now to the second half of this game. Ended up being TLC starting in place of Gallo start the third quarter, which obviously people don't always love that, but Nate's a big fan of keeping guys in roles, so that was the idea there. I would imagine he didn't play a whole lot more after he started the third quarter. Um, The Hornets briefly led, but other than that, it was basically the Hawks leading in the two- to five-point range for the vast majority of the third quarter. Trey didn't have his first field goal until three minutes to go in the third, which is pretty crazy. They brought in Lou before DeLon, but then DeLon came back in late alongside Lou. Uh, Nate called timeout late in the third quarter with some frustration, um, and actually Trey came out after that. But actually, it was worth noting, Trey went to the locker room at the end of the third quarter. Um, The Hawks said he had a left knee or a left quad contusion. He was probable to return, but actually came back right on on schedule. But worth noting, he actually said after the game that he said it was pretty sore. So we'll see how he responds between now and Wednesday. It would be obviously a huge loss if he couldn't play on Wednesday against Memphis. The Hornets then had a pretty late run, a 7-0 run at the end of the third quarter to tie the game, and that was pretty fitting in some ways. It was tied up three quarters. but The offense fell very flat, both with and without the starters in the third quarter. They scored 18 points. That doesn't happen to the soft team very often. They were 7-25 from the floor, 1-11 from three in that period. They held the Hornets down, actually, defensively, and only lost the quarter by five, which is actually a credit to the defense. But uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty much a rock fight in that third quarter, which is kind of not expected for these two teams. Um, They brought Trey back in with about 10 and a half minutes to go. They were down by four at that point. He had less juice, for sure, off the bounce. Not a huge surprise when you have a leg injury, but the Hawks, again, scored 39 points in the second half of this game. They were uh, definitely a different team after halftime than they were before halftime. Part of that is Trey. Part of that was just that uh, guys were not making shots. There was a huge dunk by Kongwu with about nine minutes to go, which was a fun play. I think think she probably got fouled as well. It was not called, but the dunk was pretty impressive on its own. The Hawks were down by five, seven and a half minutes to go. Nate called timeout. It was actually a great contest before that by Kongwu on Rozier, but he finished it anyway. And Trey and Bogey both missed threes on obsession possession before that, which is pretty much indicative of what transpired in the entire game. They brought the starters back with Bogdanovich and closed with that group. It was obviously you know Trey, Herter, Bogdanovich, Hunter, and Capella to close the game. Um, and they tied the game with, like I said before, with about four and a half minutes to go. Hunter in a jump shot to tie the game, and they ended up losing the game by ten. So minus ten on the stretch, they were they were uh, they lost that stretch nineteen to nine. Pretty rough stuff. The Hornets hit a couple big threes. Uh, Rozier hit one that was pretty tough, actually, to go up by seven, three minutes to go. Then Trey turned it over. There was an and one by P.J. Washington. It was a 10-point game at that point. It was probably over, and then it really ended for sure, about 90 seconds to go. The Hawks were down by nine already, and the Hornets worked the entire shot clock, found an easy dunk at the end of the shot clock, and the Hawks were down 11, and that was basically the end of that. So, um, again, they lost the last four and a half minutes by 10 points. It was 19-9. to nine. The offense was not great. I want to be fair about that. It was not just the defense, but the defense was very bad at the end of this game. They could have handled the entire game, the doubles and blitzes better that Trey was getting. He was the focus and ended up with 15 assists, actually was passing out and doing the right thing most of the time. But guys just around him did not make plays down the stretch. They had a pretty good first half stretch. There was some tentative play. I thought McMillan talked about this after the game, but they passed on some pretty good looks offensively, which I can definitely vouch for, having watched the tape back. So uh, a rough one to be sure at the end of this game. Um, as far as the overall game is concerned, the Hawks ended up with a 114 offensive rating, which is not bad at all. In fact, that's like what they average for the season. But against guess a bad Hornets defense and a head start, that was not a good second half, obviously. Trey and Bogey were 8 of 28 from the floor, which makes the numbers overall look better. But that's tough for the Hawks to win with those two guys, their best two perimeter creators, not doing much at all in terms of actually scoring and making shots. Um, 28 assists, they had some good, had some good numbers there. Um, On the glass, they were very good in this game. Uh, A bunch of guys had offensive rebounds. Capella had seven of them, which was uh, obviously prolific. But the Hawks just weren't that good on offense in this game. They were just okay. And then defensively, it was more of the same as usual. A 122 defensive rating. They allowed the Hornets to shoot 49% from the floor with 30 assists, nine turnovers, and the Hornets, importantly, they they had no turnovers in the fourth quarter at 57% shooting. So the Hawks lost that quarter by 10, and that was the story of the game. So as far as context is concerned, this is a loss, and uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to borrow from my friend Kevin Chenard of Hawks.com and ATL29, who said this on Twitter. I think it's probably the case. This is an important loss for sure for Atlanta, in that the play play-in mix is still up for grabs. It's a head-to-head loss against the team that you're competing with. Um, it's not necessarily a bad loss, like in terms of context, because the Hawks again were like either slight favorites or slight underdogs. It was kind of a, quite, there's no real like shame in losing a game like this, but they had a chance to win it. They didn't execute very well, so that, that leaves the frustration and sort of builds everything else. Of course, it's worth noting the Hawks just did win three games in a row. That does matter, but those games were uh, much easier on the schedule, and they kind of just had to hold on for dear life in the last two of those. So it's a mixed bag stuff, as usual, for this Hawks team, but they lose this one. I think it wasn't the worst loss in the world, but at the same time, it was an important one, and they are now behind the Hornets in the standings as a result. Before we get to the last section of this podcast with some player evaluations, it'll look ahead to Friday's game and work from our sponsors on the podcast today. This is the time of are year again, and the tournament is finally upon us at College Basketball with all the latest odds, totals, player props, futures, exotics, and more. BetOnline, and that is the number one outlet for all of your sports betting needs. And beyond that, BetOnline remains the best spot for all the sports scores that you need, the podcasts that you want, and the news that you have to have this season. And of course, not just basketball at Online because they have a full slate of offerings that includes live betting and your favorite casino games. They also have other sports like hockey, and boxing, UFC, auto racing, golf, tennis, soccer, baseball's coming back pretty soon, entertainment bets, horse racing odds, and everything else that you could possibly want in props and futures. Head to Online right now or use mobile device to learn more about all of the trends and all of the action you can find at BetOnline today. BetOnline, where the game starts. This will be a shorter show. Obviously, people might be listening to this probably figuring that out at this point in time, but I am, again, uh, kind of fighting the good fight at this point uh, about 5 a.m. Eastern, alas. Um, So, Kong Wu had a good night off the bench, 14 points on eight shots, five rebounds, two blocks. He was minus nine, but everybody was minus on the bench, basically. And the fouls were the only question mark, but I thought he played very well in 17 minutes. Uh, Capello was also good, which we'll come back to later on. But Lou, uh, Lou Williams added seven points on five shot attempts, including the free throws that he got. But uh, was minus thirteen defensively. It was a mess, as always with Wu. But uh, there you go, the right, a quiet one. He was better on defense than the rest of the guys on the perimeter. But that was not a huge bar to clear. TLC, I thought, gave him decent minutes with five points, to ten minutes. Uh, he didn't. He, he didn't play great. I don't think he's a huge solution moving forward. But if they wanted to give Bogey a break, he gave them a break with Bogey. And speaking of McDonovich, twelve points on sixteen shots. Three of eight on twos. Two of eight on threes. Four rebounds. Two assists. Um, you know, not a good night for him. And by the way, this is the craziest stat of the Hawks recently. Bogdanovich in the last six games now is nine of 48 from three. It's not all about three point shooting, but uh, for a guy that was red hot before this and red hot last year at times, nine of 48 from three is just tough to, to overcome from the guy who takes the most threes on the team other than Trey. So tough scenes there for Bogdanovich, but that kind of gives you some context along the way um, to the starters. I thought Herder played well in this game, Fifteen points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, was uh, 2 of 7 on 2, which isn't great, but 4 of 9 on threes, he was the one guy making 3s in this game, along with Hunter, the two got two of them were uh, pretty good behind the arc. But I thought Herder had a good floor game and played quite well. He uh, was actually a plus-3 game best for the Hawks. Um, Capella I thought was really good as well, 17 points, five re- 15 rebounds, I should say, had a steal as well. Um, did miss some bunnies around the rim as he's uh, wanted to do, but I thought he played well, as a, was a genuine positive defensively, their best player defense as usual. Hunter had some nice moments on the way to a game high twenty one points for the Hawks on thirteen shot attempts a four, three fourths from the front three point line, um, three rebounds, two assists. The rebounding still not there for Hunter, and I think late in the game he was kind of indecisive and didn't make a couple of uh, pretty logical what I thought were pretty easy plays that he just didn't make. But he was productive in this one, so I don't want to pick on him too much. Uh, and then Gallinari left the game early with five had five points in fourteen minutes. Um, finally, Trey Young had an off shooting night. He was three of twelve from the floor and 0 of 6 on threes, so only nine points. It's very, very rare for Trey to play a whole game and not get the double figures in points. Um, but to be fair to him, he was getting blitzed every possession um, and 15 assists in the game. So the passing was there. He could have had 20 assists pretty easily. There was some botched stuff off of him. He wasn't very good in terms of his shot making, quite obviously, in this game, uh, but he was making the right decisions most of the time, so I don't think he was as bad as the numbers indicate. He's just are pretty good there. Now he did have six turnovers. That's too many for uh, anyone's liking. But he was a he was a the number two guy on the team in terms of plus minus, uh, plus minus one. So it wasn't like Trey was terrible. He just didn't have uh, the best shooting night in the world. From here, the standings are as such: the Hawks are a half game behind Charlotte. They are now two behind Brooklyn for the eight seed um, in the East, and they're still four and, a half, four and a half games ahead of Washington. So no real concerns about that. But um, this is a play-in preview in every conceivable way, basically, and the Hawks now would have to go to Charlotte at the season end of today in that first game, which is not what you want to have to happen if you are the Hawks. So kind of a lost uh, bit of ground there for Atlanta. Lastly, the Hawks do not play again until Friday. In fact, the NBA, larger takes Thursday, offers one game on the schedule in the entire league on Thursday, and it's Pistons Magic at 7 o'clock. So uh, the NCAA tournament is here. By the way, if you missed the podcast yesterday, I had some audio issues on that show. But with myself and Rafael Barra talking about the NCAA tournament and the NBA draft, that's still very much available on the feed. But uh, no game Thursday. They return back to Atlanta and then play the Grizzlies on Friday. John Morant actually missed the last game for Memphis, so that's something to keep an eye on in advance of that game on Friday. But Memphis is 48-22. and 22. They are very good. We'll see how Trey responds to his getting dinged up tonight, as well as Gallinari and Collins. But uh, a tough matchup for sure, even though it's at home where the Hawks have been pretty good this year. Memphis is very, very good. So that'll be an uphill battle in some respects, especially if Ja is able to go. As a programming note, at the end of the podcast, this will be the last show of the week for me. I'm on the road, as obviously, uh, given my situation. I'm also slammed with NCAA tournament coverage. I very, very rarely do not do a podcast after a game, but um, I don't have time, to be honest with you. After the game on Friday, I'm I'm pretty much slammed, and uh, I try to be as candid with the audience as possible. So our next show will be Sunday night. Um, wrapping up the, the next two games uh, the Hawks play the Grizzlies on Friday and then they will actually they actually host the Pelicans on Sunday so we'll do a show about those two games on Sunday evening into Monday so my apologies for the for the lost show there but we still do four this week still very busy on the podcast and more content than most people would give you but uh, please be patient with me on that one. Also, please subscribe to the show. I'm trying to get everyone to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. If you're an audio-only listener, I do, I do understand that. I promise I do. But it definitely helps the show if you subscribe to YouTube. It just takes one click. It's very easy to do that, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, please follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT and We'll see you at the end of the weekend.